0: This is Larry Weisson, and you're listening to Outdoor Adventures with Jason.
1: Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week, I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas, to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond, I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Welcome to this episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Today's I've got a really neat guest on. I've got Blake Elma. He's a 17-year-old hunter, fisherman, conservationist, an outdoor writer with his own TV and radio show that he works on and, and runs. So much accomplished for somebody that's 17 years old, and he's got a new book coming out August 1st. And I, we're gonna cover that with him and talk to him. And hey, Blake, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh it's a mouthful saying everything you've done at 17 years old. It exhausts me. <laughs> tell, you know, let's start off and tell the listeners and tell myself a little bit about this new book you've got coming out. It's not your first book, but it's one that I think everybody's going to be really enjoying to read. So tell us a little bit about it.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, I have written books in the past. It's my first book in about 2 years I've written in that 2 years since my last book I became a television host for the hunt channel and uh, my you know my career has grown dramatically so it's about time that I've written a new book about my experiences from being this grown up in a suburban home not having outdoorsman parents but then becoming an outdoorsman by the grace of God and then becoming who I am now and so i My first chapter is dedicated to me telling my story from my birth to me becoming an outdoors person from my first fishing experience to becoming, you know, a television host and then now writing this book. So the book is focused um, really on seeing the outdoors the way I see it. And I talk about, of course, my story, but then I go into detail about why I love the outdoors so much I talk about the spirituality of the outdoors. And I talk about, you know, as outdoorsmen, most of us have conservative moral values. And so I talk about that quite a bit. I talk about how the outdoor industry kind of works and some of the conflicts that we have with it, from crossbows to compounds with a big debate there and who's right, who's wrong there. I talk about, uh, you know, baiting and food plots. I talk about that situation there. I talk about, you know, vegans and anti-hunters. I have tons of them who troll my page, call me this or that. Also liberals, they troll my page a lot. I talk about that. And then I talk about gun rights. Finally, a 17-year-old that's pro-gun, and so I talk about that quite a bit. I think that's the number one thing that people want to read about in this book is, is my opinion on guns, and so that, that's fascinating. And then after that, I, go, um, I actually have an entire chapter called The Outdoorsman's Harassment, where I talk about, you know, the hate that hunters get from antis and vegans and people who are just, you know, anti-gun and whatnot. And then the last chapter is focused on my faith and how my faith has had an influence on my outdoor career and whatnot. And so it's just a quick overview of my book, but it's the, the my, my title my subtitle it's the outdoorsman's heart. The subtitle is The Outdoors Through My Eyes. And on the front cover it says Faith, Conservatism and outdoors, and so it's kind of my motto right there, so it's exciting, and I, I, I started, I had this idea of this book about a year ago, and I didn't do anything about it, and then actually, I wrote a couple, I actually wrote the beginning of the book, and I picked it back up about a month and a half ago, so it comes out August 1st, it's so on pre-order now, and so uh, it's been pretty fun, I'm excited to see see what happens on August 1st, which is a Wednesday, so it's, it's pretty exciting stuff.
1: Oh, I bet, and, and for the listeners, you can go to Blake Elma that's B-L-A-K-E-A-L-M-A.com or book.com. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. So just go ahead and click on that link. It'll take you right there. You don't have to bother writing it down. Just go right to the show notes and you can run it. Blake's also got his own website where he shows some of the other books. And one of the topics that's hot right now, and you've written a book on this, but one of the things is that, and you mentioned it, where we have this issue of, as hunters, how do we portray ourselves on social media? Uh, What's the Mm -hmm. notes that we get from the folks that are not into hunting? Um, Do we, you you know, and and you and I both get the same type of messages where we just get those people that are adamant, anti-hunters, and there's really, as far as I'm concerned, there's really just no talking to them. They they don't react to facts and figures, it's all emotion. But tell me about when you encounter some of those folks that are actually open to listening to what's what's going on. Do you get many of those?
0: Um, so yeah, so I I actually say like something very similar to this in my book. You, I, I, it's not just vegans and anti hunters who like bash on me. Just I, I made a viral post about the, those NFL guys kneeling for the anthem. I won't go into detail here about that, but uh, I got like fifty thousand plus shares or whatever. And it opened a gateway for all these, you know, liberals to come in and start, like, harassing me for, you know, my conservative belief. Now, it's my page. I can post what I want on my page, and it's all my opinion, all right? It's not – I I can prove it to be factual, but, you know, it's my page. It's, I hate seeing people comment saying, F you and, you know, you're a C word and, you know, these horrible things, whether it's because I hunt or because I'm a conservative or whatever. It's horrible. When they do that, most of the time, I will try to – I'll delete the post. I'll delete the comment. I'll get rid of the comment because it doesn't need to be on my page. My page is for getting kids back in the outdoors and people to enjoy the outdoor world. They don't, see, they don't need to see this negativity. Unless it's such a stupid comment, like just really plain that retarded comment, I'll leave it there and let people read it and laugh, Put laughing face emojis on it. And it's hilarious. Or Now, if they say something civil – and they put up a valid argument, and they're not calling me a name like a four-year-old, but they're being civil, I will actually reply to that comment and share my side of the story. And if we can have a civil conversation without any of us getting butthurt about it, I'm all for it. And I don't care. If you could comment on my page and say, Blake, I disagree with you, and here's why. And as long as you don't say something that's inappropriate or anything profane, I don't care. And you can do that. Now, I've found that 99-plus percent of the comments I get that are negative are normally name-calling or insulting me or harassing me. It's not a valid argument. And if I reply to those comments and try to be civil back, all they do – and I, I, I give them a valid point and I prove them wrong, all they do is say, F you or something There's something that's horrible. Like they don't, they don't follow up with you. They just harass you right back after you try to be civil right. and prove a valid point to them. So, so sometimes there's a point where you just delete it and ignore it and move on. But when they post a civil comment of which they're not calling you a name, or they say, I'm genuinely interested in what you have to say, like I've seen comments like that. There's not many of them. But when I see that, I will reply and we will disagree and disagree. And I'll even say, I'm like, dude, you're already one of the most civil dudes I know. I appreciate you uh, being kind about this situation. I enjoyed this chat. I have no issues with that. And so um, the second you know, they start hammering me or something. My favorite is when they um, just recently I've gotten a lot of these. Here's some like uh, you, you'll see. I, I'll go here. You have this David Hawk kid who's my age. That's the exact opposite of who I am. Okay, and you know liberals love the guy. All right, I, I don't. I'm, I'm trying not to get too political here. But then you have me who I'm pretty conservative. Well, I love it when these liberals or vegans come on my page saying like. You're a 17 year old punk, nobody kid that's uh, attention whore and blah, blah, blah. And I love it when they say they contradict themselves when they say, I'm a nobody and then call me attention whore. And then, the, how did they find me? You know, just like you contradict yourself in these comments. It's really not cool. It's kind of annoying. I'm trying to do something here, but then you're attacking me for it. And then I can't practice my freedom of speech, but you can. I, I talk about that in my book and go into really deep detail about that in my book. And so there, there's a balance. You can comment and, and be civil and disagree with that post. And you can do that. But the second you start name calling and acting like a four-year-old, your opinion goes right out the window. And so with the people who troll my page, it seems to me that about 90 plus percent of them are incredibly immature, aren't willing to put up a civil debate. So, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting, but it's, uh, you know, sometimes it gets a hold of you and it really sucks, but um, you try to push through it and uh, ignore the hate.
1: Well, and it's it's real interesting because I, I think you see a lot of these just na- – the, the nastiest posts that I get come from people in England. Uh, yeah, yeah. They tend to be the ones that are, you know, just the the nastiest stuff they wish on you or your family tend to come from England. The ones I get from the United States – sometimes rile that or, or match that in in veracity but i guess what i look at is i really firmly believe that there's only about 15 percent of the if you looked at the population and whole you know you've got that ultra right wing you've got that ultra left wing and a lot of the vegans fall in that ultra left wing where mm-hmm. and they, these are some huge generalities but it's about 15 percent and i i still think there's about 70 percent of the people that might not like hike hunting but they're not mm-hmm. against it either. And yeah, those yeah. are the ones that we really need to connect with. But what's I find really interesting is that it seems like the younger the hunter is, like you the more
0: harassed that they get.
1: Right. Or a woman.
0: Yes. But that, no, that's true. But
1: tend to not come after the men as much as they do you young folks, and that's really a shame.
0: Yeah, they they they've made it um you know, it's interesting. So I'll tell you, I'll be telling you the story. So my pre my co host I actually they kind of just faded away from you know being a co-host on my show. You you'll know this story. She's tw- she was twelve at the time. Uh, she posted a draft on her social media page. She got seventy five thousand plus comments negative hate comments. She was on the you know Pierce Morgan's show and she was all over there ABC Good Morning America and all kinds of different platforms. And uh it's truly stunning what people will say to these children I mean, if you want to, I mean, I guess I'm a child too. So what they'll say to us when we hunt, they don't seem to care when a man, a fo- an adult man doesn't. Now they did care with Cecil, the lion, but that's just a rare example of, you know, a famous lion that would viral and blah, 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 But they don't really seem to do it with, you know, adult men. The thing is, this is I, I'm going to get a little political here. The thing is these ultra-left people who are saying, you know, go kill yourself, 14-year-old, for doing this, you know, and when it's a girl, you know, it's, They're the ones that are saying there's no genders and blah, blah. There's there's more than two genders and all this weird stuff. And yet, at the same time, they're harassing you for your gender, you know, as a hunter. Correct. Or your age. And yet they're the ones that are saying there is no gender. It doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's incredibly hypocritical and foolish nonsense that – I don't understand, and I can't quite wrap my mind around it. What I really think it is, it's attention. It's a feel-goodism. This makes themselves feel better. And so that's really the only logical exclamation I can give you for why these people troll pages and start calling you this or that, because they want that attention. They want to feel better about themselves, so henceforth they're going to rag on you and call you Hitler and all these horrible thing, even though Hitler was a vegan, so you know it's just like what you know, and there's no logic in their nonsense, and so it's just uh one of those things that uh, won't ever go away, so you're right about the about the Europe thing, I mean the england thing it seems so it seems to me that liberalism has destroyed Europe already. You know, it's already conquered Europe, if, if, if you will. We Americans have been so blessed, and especially with this last election, that somehow Trump won, even though the polls begged to differ. I was just watching a video yesterday about it. It's absolutely amazing. I mean, he, he won the electoral landslide, and So, in my opinion. So, I mean, it, I, I'm truly stunned that Donald Trump is my president right now, and I'm unbelievably grateful for it. I can't imagine what, what Hillary, uh, if she was my president. I was so for sure that she would be, too. So it's just like I get to lay back and somewhat comfort. So we've been, we're blessed in America to be able to have, you know, a 50-plus percent conservative ratio in the United States. And so, but it's only a matter of time before my generation comes to power and it seems to me that most of my generation is leans more to the left, and so in the next few years it'll be interesting to see what happens to us Americans with the with the liberal party when my generation becomes the generation of the day, and what their liberal or or, or their political views will provide, whether it's liberal or conservative. I'm the last of a dying breed. There's not many 17 year olds that I know that are pretty conservative, so I don't know. It's super sad to think about where the heritage uh, of our outdoorsmanship is going to go. I think in the next 50 years, I wonder if there'll be enough money from us hunters that are left to keep public lands the way they are and help habitat wildlife management. Will there be enough hunters to financially uh, make that a possibility? I don't know.
1: Well, that's certainly a question because you don't, you know, well, a, a bird watcher, and this is not to pick on bird watchers, well, they may buy some binoculars, which certainly has some tax to it for outdoor stuff. Yeah. It's not the same as the person buying shells and uh, gun or bow and arrows. You know, it just doesn't add up to the same. So you do certainly end up with a much smaller pool of money. And um, as the hunting, you know, in Michigan, it's the Department of Natural Resources,
0: Michigan, Michigan. I, I, the outdoor environment in Michigan is unbelievably massive. I think it's the biggest of the eastern states. The 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 outdoor brotherhood there. I think they have what seventy seven hundred thousand licensed hunters. That's more than any other eastern state. I believe so. Um, yeah. so I mean, uh, then te- Texas is the biggest uh, hunting state because you know it's Texas. And so that's a western state. But so, but Michigan's a magical state. Side note, but I, I love Michigan.
1: No. Blake, tell me, did you grow up in a family that hunted and fished, or how did you get into this uh, hobby or now vocation for yourself?
0: Yeah, um, my family is not a family of hunters. My uncle actually hunts, but that's about about it. My dad is not a sportsman. He does like to fish when we go down the Florida and stuff. He likes to catch. He doesn't like to fish, you know, and <laughs> I completely understand that. My mom has... She doesn't want anything to do with the outdoors. Mosquitoes, sweat, heat, uh, none of that. She wants nothing to do with it. Uh, she, she didn't grow up in that environment, so I understand. If you don't nurture that God-given courtesy of wanting to go outdoors, it dies. And so, um, so my family, my, I do not come from a family of hunters, really. And so what happened, I went to, uh, I'm homeschooled, so that's been used to my advantage. And then I go to church, and so my church was doing a teen camp. Uh, I was just getting into my teenage years. I was 12 years old, actually, 12 and a half. I went to a summer teen camp, my first teen camp. And of course, I was one of the younger guys there. And once you're the youngest guy there, you just get picked on. You know, it's not like it's not the the, the bulliness that you see in, in schools today. Not that it wasn't like that hardcore, like commit suicide type of right. horrible bullying. But there's still. A but I mean, haze it was like just get, get. Get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you know, it, it's like this picking on, a goofy picking on and whatnot. Like I would go the boys swim time, and I would get dunked. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't that big of a. It wasn't that big of a deal. But anyway, I didn't want to go swimming because of that. I just didn't want anything to do with it because I didn't want to get dunked. And it wasn't that, I, I didn't like swimming anyway, so I, just, I didn't want to do it. Well, one of the counselors happened to notice that, and he invited me to go down to the creek with him and go fishing. And because of that one moment, because of that one question that guy asked me, do you want to go fishing? I, I had gone fishing before that, but it wasn't quite in depth of the way that this guy took me fishing. And I was 12 and a half, and when I went down there, we caught a bluegill and rock bass. I like think we caught a catfish or two. Oh, man. And you know, it literally changed my life. And so taking a kid outdoors, and I hope I can be a living example of this, kid will change their lifestyle. I mean, you know, I think... Um, I, I'm not trying to pat myself in the back here, but I think it builds good character. It keeps them from sin and the things that you don't want your teenage kids getting involved in. And so the outdoors is the best therapy. I mean, that's why God created the outdoors. It's a magical place when you go out there, it's much more magical than Disneyland. When you go out there, you, you clean your mind and you enjoy all the wonders of creation. So I got to experience that at 12 and a half years old. I didn't see that counselor for a few years, but when I did, I had, I think I had become a radio host by then and stuff. I'd go up to him like, dude, I got some stories to tell you. Uh, here's what happened. You took me fishing, and it led to this and this and this and that. And so uh, now we're we're pretty good buddies. He doesn't live far from me. And so um, he lives in the right on the border of uh, Ohio and Indiana right there. And so it's absolutely awesome. So that's how my, my, my story began, I tell that story in my book. I actually cried when I wrote it. And so I'm not an emotional character at all. But when I wrote that, I, I did start tearing up. So it was a, it was, I uh, just thinking about that memory just makes me smile. I you know, so it literally changed my life.
1: Your radio show was first and before you got started TV. First.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Radio show was first. Yeah.
1: Okay. And so
0: before the TV show,
1: tell a little bit about, um, that progression. I, I, myself and the listeners, I'd love to hear about how you got going because many people will film their hunts, but not yeah. many know how to get it from their past YouTube. So tell how you, how you did that. What, what was the process of doing that? And how did you get involved? And how did you film? Did you have a, uh, somebody film for you? Did you film yourself? Give me a little bit of background on that.
0: Yeah, for sure. So right after that first fishing experience, I was hooked on fishing quite literally. I mean, I, I wanted to fish all the time. I'm one of those. If you ask my mom, like when I was seven years old, like, hey, hey, uh, Mrs. Alma, um, what did Blake want to be when he was seven years old? The author. That's <laughs> I've always wanted to be a writer. I've all, there's never been a day that I didn't want to be a writer. Besides now, I, I don't like writing as much as I did then. But uh, cause I, I've gotten into this radio and TV business, and I, I like that a lot more. But I, I just love you know bringing outdoor information to the table. And so immediately, I mean, I, I love the reach research random stuff. Like, I have so much useless knowledge. Like, today I was looking up the queen of england and like all the different territories she's monarchs of like from canada to australia to new zealand and of course uk and stuff just randomly you know i just do random stuff sometimes it's like random information but because of that i've been able to absorb things i'm really interested in really easily like when it came to fishing i could watch youtube videos and read articles and look up on wikipedia pages like what what different types of fish I like to eat and whatnot i soak it in like butter on bread and so it was, i just learned all this different information. And so I started writing a book, and I actually originally called it the Redneck Bible because right? I was a big Duck Dynasty fan. We'll, we'll, we'll have to go there in a second too. A huge Duck Dynasty fan. I didn't really know the terminology from redneck to sportsman to outdoorsman and to fisherman to hunter. I didn't really know the terminology, so I just used the word redneck because I watched uh, Duck Dynasty. And so I got the Redneck Bible, and I just you know poured my heart into what a twelve-year-old could do well, twelve and a half-year-old, thirteen-year-old could do, and just wrote this random outdoor stuff and quite frankly if you read it now you'd laugh at it because it's pretty horrible stuff but (laughs) i found a way to publish it uh, through an independent publisher and i did at uh, december of 2014 so by that time it was 14 it was on amazon i sold like 12 copies Woohoo, and those 12 copies i probably knew every single one of those people who bought that book and so but that really started that you know that that writing that book led me to writing a blog called the art of the outdoorsman today the conservative sportsman i wrote this blog and that led to freelance writing to writing for survival life where i got paid at 15 years old to uh, to write these articles and that was from my from starting the blog to starting freelance writing that took about a year before i actually you know got some attention from other um, outdoor comp- outdoor you know news platforms and so it took an t- entire year to build that up so and you're... i wrote for them they
1: once And I'm sorry to interrupt, but just so that people understand the process, you write this book and you get it published. And so it's out on Amazon.com for people to, to download, buy, whichever, pla- you know, soft copy, hard yeah. copy, whatever. So a lot of times people will say, I want to write an article about, I don't know, loons, let's say. How did you catch that and turn it into an actual, what's the process of taking that idea, whatever that idea is, and turn into an article that one of these other publications, because a lot of people don't know, do you, do you write the article and just submit it to the editor?
0: What, what's the steps you do? You have to build a resume, per for se. Say, for say. So you start a blog. This is really how you get your start. You start a blog, and you start writing what's on your mind right you know 10 15 articles and you probably won't get any traffic you might get like five views and those five views are probably all bots you know the only i know that because that's how i started and so i mean there were very little views well you build that platform and then people eventually either start seeing it you share it on social media or something you're promoting it word of mouth and it starts getting a little more attention it just kind of grows naturally from there but you build a resume of articles you know you have all this articles to display your writing work then you can reach out to outdoor companies, say, hey, listen up, I would love to write for you guys. Here's a list of my work right now. You take it to their blo- your blog. You list all of your articles on your blog. Show it to them. They'll review it and look at it and see if you're a worthy writer or not. And somehow, apparently, I somehow made that 15. I think I'm a horrible Grammatically, I cannot do grammar very well. I, at least <laughs> I don't think so. So I don't know how I pulled that off, but I did. And so... Um, you know, I don't think it does, I don't think it takes takes much. And so, if 15 year old can do it, you can do it too. And so, I did that. And so, you build a little resume blog, and you submit that to you know different outdoor uh, websites or publications or whatnot. Now today, you know, it's more leaning toward the the YouTube world, like vlogging. And so, writing has kind of died a little bit, and they most people won't pay you to write because they don't make much money off of it anymore, but they might pay you to do like a YouTube video. So you can do the same thing by a vlog. They can provide them with like videos of you, you know, going out, catch, showing them how to catch a bass or harvest a big buck or trap a, a gopher or something. I don't know. But, um, there's, there's, there's different opportunities out there. And the times are always changing. So like I got a hold of the fact that paperback books aren't really the thing of the day anymore. You know what it is, you know, it's, freelance writing and writing different blogs. So that took off, and because of that WRVO, Radio Network 1, doesn't exist anymore, but they reached out to me and offered me a radio show. Me not knowing the first thing about radio and not really, you know, being having any experience in, you know, talking, you know, I thought it was a scam or something. I didn't know what they were talking about. What comes that, it comes out was legit, and I started my own radio show called the Outdoorsman's Art Radio Show, and now it's a podcast today because that, like I said, that network doesn't exist. But it was an outdoor-based radio network, and it was awesome. So that's how my radio started. And then that following January, which was two thousand sixteen, Sixteen? No, seventeen. Yeah, January of twenty seventeen, I, I turned it into a podcast. And April of twenty seventeen, uh, Hunt Channel wanted me to start an, uh, start a show where I filmed my podcast and turned that into a talk show. Well, I ended up just making a separate thing called The Outdoor Experience, where um, I filmed myself talking with outdoor guests. Now that airs on the Hunt Channel, Carbon TV, V, 7 Outdoors, and some other networks as well. And so it just, it just evolved slowly from a, a book that I sold 12 copies of into having a TV show. And through my TV show, it's really opened up a lot of doors and this new book that's coming out and I know I've made so many connections through the TV show with people like yourself, Jason. Uh, You know, then I also... I got to interview, you know, Jim and Eve Shockey, and uh, Jim is actually going to write a review about my book. Uh, uh, Al and Phil Robertson are writing the foreword to my book. And so, like I said, when I was a kid, I loved Duck Dynasty. I just dreamed of, like, you know, getting to shake their hand and take a picture of them. Now I, I know them personally, so it's like, oh, man, this is what, what an honor, you know? So it's really exciting for me to be like, okay, well, this is how I started, and, and you know, I somehow got here. And so... And I know the still now Robert Robertson and just just awesome guys, and I've interviewed Michael Waddell and Jenna Waller and Kimball Jones and uh Ted Nugent and all these different folks and so it's you know it's just it's, it's absolutely amazing for me to think about how blessed I've been started a book that I sold twelve copies of of that <laughs> and somehow resulted where I'm at now. So it's it's an absolute blessing. So I tell that story in my book and how I've came to see things through my conservative eyes and my my Christian faith and being an outdoorsman. So that's really what my book's focused on, my outdoorsman's heart. And so um, it's exciting when I think about it. I just, I've been blessed and somehow I'm here now. And so if I could do it, a teenager, I I know others can too. So it's, uh, it's fun stuff. We've got all this energy you've you've packaged up into a
1: variety of different really neat products. We have that new book coming out August 1st. And again, if you go to BlakeElmaBook.com, there's a way to pre-order it right now and you'll get a signed copy and he'll ship it right to you come after August 1st. So I think that's a pretty good deal. And the book is about $12.95, $12.99, 1295 1299 something right in there so it's not yes. not expensive for a good read you you've accomplished so much it it exhausts me just thinking of where you've been and what you've done at your age it's uh, it's awesome
0: well <laughs> uh, my favorite thing about coming to a podcast like yours is like like I have to tell like I, I tell my story over and over again I actually get tired of saying it because it, it feels like it's such a long story to share but um you know it's just it's just an absolute blessing like I said it I started with a a lame, horrible paperback book that I discontinued. It doesn't exist today because it's so awful written by a 12-year-old. <laughs> and then writing this new one about, you know, my experiences in the past three and a half years of, um, you know, being an outdoors person. So it's uh, it, I, I really enjoy it. And it will be interesting to see what happens here in the next few months with the book. And then on Monday I have actually a, a, new, a, a TV news interview about the book. So it, it's exciting stuff. We'll see what happens in the next few months here.
1: And we'll see all that my- – myself and my listeners we can all go to the your website blakeelma.com and see mm-hmm. links to the news stories and stuff you'll have them there
0: yeah yeah for sure then i'll post them on my facebook as well oh great Blake alma
1: now you grow up in southern ohio ohio is a fantastic location for uh whitetail hunting some some just amazing bucks come out of ohio
0: mm-hmm.
1: have you had an opportunity to I know we talked a little bit before we started recording and you had said you had shot at a doe. Was that going to be your first whitetail if you had knocked that doe down? <laughs> it
0: would have been my first whitetail. I could honestly say it would have been the first whitetail I've shot at, so I'll, so I'll go back in time. Uh, my neighbor, he's, he's kind of gone down this weird path now that he's kind of it was actually my original co-host, too, my very first co-host. Me and him, we used to do, we used to do all kinds of outdoor stuff together. And so one time we, went, uh, we just sat in the, the deer, in his um, deer stand shooting squirrels and stuff. And she's like, oh, I have to go back inside real quick. I'll be in there for about 30 minutes. You stay here, and if you see a buck, don't even think about shooting it with your air gun because it's not going to do jack squat. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, am being probably 13 years old, not knowing anything about deer hunting. All right, so he goes inside. I'm saying this deer saying, I kid you not. The biggest buck I've seen today was like a ten point buck, probably scored 150, 160. It comes out and I'm holding this, you know, little daisy power line six hundred FPS per second, you know, pellet BB gun, whatever you wanna call it. <laughs> and I'm looking at this deer, all right. I'm just like, Huh, ah, that's a big deer. Okay. So I pumped my shot my, my my little uh BB gun. And I shot it in the butt. <laughs> I don't know why I did such a thing, but I look back now. I'm just like that was so foolish and immature. So that was the first deer I've ever shot. So I mean, when people ask me, "Oh, i have you shot a deer?" I'm like, "Yeah, I shot ten point once." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, where's the bounce? Oh, you know, I didn't kill it. I shot it with a BB gun, <laughs> and so um, that's my that's my first. Uh, hunting deer hunting experience. But yeah, this past year, I, I like archery, really into archery. I bought bow, I bought a bear. I just like bear because I'm not sponsored or anything by that. I just like bear because of Fred Bear's legacy. I'm a huge fan of Fred Bear and everything that he's done revolutionizing this outdoor industry that we live in now. I Me mean, like Fred Bear, Bob Bear. A fine bear is 400 or 500 bucks, and it came with a sight, plastic, you know, trophy ridge sight, And that thing was a piece of garbage. So, you know, it's just the $11 generic one, you know. It's horrible. It can be bumped and the sights off. And so I'm sitting in my woods. I'm actually sitting practicing exactly where I sat at in my blind when, when I shot this doe and missed. Man, I'm literally like six feet away from the place I sat at. So I pull back, I see the doe, I'm in full draw, probably have about 50 pound drawback, and I'm just kind of looking at it, shaking my hand off. I mean, I mean I, I'm nervous as could be. I, I hit my release, I let go, and I just entirely miss. That was only about 20 yards off. And so, I know I hate I hate. you know, I'm not I know most hunters should blame themselves, but I actually, it was the sight spot, you know. It was it was a plastic piece of garbage. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's what all hunters say. No, I'm serious. It was the sight spot. It was a piece of plastic that, that that could just be it was a hollow piece of plastic too. And so it just slide out of place and I entirely missed clay miss I bought a new site since then, so it's metal, so I don't have to worry about that. And now I can hit my target with accuracy. So it'll be exciting. That was just uh, that was just I think November. This past, uh, past uh, 2017 November, uh, hopefully this upcoming season should be a good one. So, I mean, I, I, hunt, I hunt on my own, so, so I, don't have, I don't have a dad or anybody that takes me, so it should be interesting to see. But, yeah, that's my hunting story, my big deer hunting experience. I haven't killed one, never never have. And so if you, if you listen to my show, uh, my radio show, I actually have a co-host at deer hunts, and he does all the deer hunting talk. I mean, I, I know a lot about deer hunting, even though I've never killed a deer. But I think that I should speak with some experience. So I have my co-host, Jackson Hartley, talk at me. He's a huge hunter. He, he's killed – oh, I think he's – I think he's killing – he's hunting for a moose this year, too. Wow. And so, I mean, he, he's gone he's, – he just was deep sea fishing in Hawaii, caught yellowfin tuna. That was, like, bigger than – he's He's a little bit shorter of a guy. He's, he's probably 5'4". I think the tuna was bigger than he was. And so, I mean, but he, he – he, he, he has more outdoor experiences than I do uh, as far as hunting goes. And so I, I'm more of a fisherman than a hunter. But, yeah, that's my deer hunting story. Oh, Shooting cool. a 10-point buck with a BB gun.
1: Well, you've got to start yeah, somewhere. I'll try that
0: at home. Yeah, don't, don't do that at home. That's, I think that's illegal, too, so don't do that.
1: <laughs> By the time I was 30 years old, I had only killed two deer, and that was with a car. And
0: uh, <laughs> had never got one with a
1: gun, archery, nothing. 31 years old, I shot my first deer, which was a Spike, it's just as good a trophy to me as, as anything I took in Africa or anywhere else. And it's mounted with its front feet as a gun holder. It's an absolute, I, it's just a spike buck, goofy-looking spike, but hey, I was happy as I'll get out to, to
0: hey, be allowed if, to harvest it. If it's brown, it's down, you know. I mean, I, I've I never really cared about the size of the antler. I just I mean, deer. I've had deer countless times. Oh, man, the back strap, oh, my goodness, made a life... I'm part of this, it's not really, I'm not really pro-stab, I'm just a part, I mean, I'm just part of this group, it's just a a local thing here in Ohio, they take their back straps and they wrap it in bacon and then they smoke it, oh man, alive, it's easily one of the better things I've ever had, but my all-time favorite food, actually, I I love ground venison, I love a venison burger, but my all-time favorite thing to eat is actually dove i do dove hunt quite a bit of uh, wrapping a dove and bake it put a jalapeno and some cream cheese in there mm-hmm. and then putting it in the oven to bake it oh man alive there is literally nothing that tastes better than me besides greater ice creams so if you're from cincinnati you know what i'm talking about but man doves are amazing it's like filet mignon of the sky man it's it's awesome stuff so i do like to hunt quite a bit, especially a lot of small game, because like I said, growing up without a dad who hunts, you know, you start off small and you, you make your way up from there. I've killed foxes and skinned them and have their furs now and stuff. I never kill coyote, but I have fox furs and stuff. I trap them and whatnot. And so, I have some hunting experience, but I like fishing. I, I'll go fishing probably once or twice a week. I've gone probably, you know, 20, 30 times so far in the past, you know, month and a half. It's Amazing to me, I, I was telling you this before the show. when you catch a fish when you when you feel that tug, you know you know you hear the the magical the mystical flight of the arrow. well, to me it's the the mystical flight of the cast, you know uh-huh. when I feel that tug, oh man, it's awesome, even if it's just the tiniest bluegill, a tiny little bluegill fights like nothing else. And so it's just to me so amazing. And I'm bringing that fish. is All I use is natural bait. I, I sometimes will use like a Rapala lure or something, but I have a worm farm and everything. I have like 2,000 plus worms I raise. So all I use is worms and stuff. So I don't know necessarily what I'm going to catch from a bass to a catfish to a crappie to a bluegill to a carp, whatever it could be. I, I mean, I've caught the turtles, I've caught the crayfish and ducks and all kinds of stuff that I don't want to catch, but uh, hot pockets, you name it, whatever. I've caught it. <laughs> but uh, when you don't know what it is and you bring it in and see, it, you know it's just really something else you could be hoping for this big bass or this big catfish and you bring in you know a six inch bluegill you know And I fought like nothing else. It's just something that I can't ever explain how exciting and and how awesome it is. Something you have to experience for yourself. But it's truly amazing to me fishing. Don't get me wrong, I love hunting too. But for me fishing, since it was my first love and just doing it, it's just something that I can never describe how awesome it is. It's really awesome. I mean, I I just can't can't say anything more because it's that amazing. So if you haven't gone fishing, you know, you're you're really, really missing out. So, I mean, uh, if you're a hunter or don't go fishing, you know, you're missing out. It's so the same thing. You're just using a different instrument. You're using a fish in a line instead of a, a bow and string. And so um, it, it, it's so amazing. It's yeah. unbelievably awesome.
1: I agree. My brother and I, when we were kids, we started off fishing with uh, my dad. And th- we caught stuff sometimes. Bluegill, you know, whatever was hanging out around the docks is mainly what we caught. Then you just progress out to fishing for bigger and bigger things and there's just no such thing as a bad day fishing i don't care if it rains i don't you know it's still fun it's still a good time oh, yeah. just sit out there and we had a great times fishing so I, I always look back and i've had i just absolutely love to do it and so i certainly understand what you're saying as you get that line in the water and just it's a good time
0: oh yeah it's amazing you know and then uh like i said I- you were looking it up. Uh, uh, I fish at this place called Sharon Woods, and uh, I get free boats and stuff there. So you know, it's surrounded by like this all these woods and trees, and there's a creek, and there's a dam, and there's a bridge. It's just a beautiful sight, So you get to experience all of that while you're trying to catch the catch your fish. And then you get to keep the fish and skin it. I bake them. I uh, put Parmesan cheese and breading and some spices on it and some lemon, uh, salt, lemon juice on it, and I bake it for about 20 minutes. Oh man, like bluegill, oh, <laughs> mm, something else. And so it's just, it's just, it's just amazing. And so if you if you haven't done it, you know, um, you're really missing out on life. It's there's a saying that. A kid will never remember their best day of video games or watching TV, but what they will remember is their best day outdoors. And I think same thing with those adults. You won't remember you're watching your favorite TV episode of Blacklist because I watch Blacklist, so it's only gonna bring that up. But you won't remember that necessarily in five years. But what you will remember is the catch of your life. It could just be the first bluegill you've ever caught, and that's a little tiny minnow, you know. And so it's really something else. My pastor, he's the uh, 50, he's 50. He didn't catch his first fish until he was 47. That was with me. He caught giant. Carp, his very first fish. So he was a very rare scenario where his first fish was massive, and he was pretty, you know, pretty amazed at the size of his size of his first fish. I bet. And so you're never too old to go fishing. And so I mean, he's an old guy now, fifty dude. I mean, I've known him almost my entire life, and man, he has gray hair now. So he's definitely on the other side. Just kidding. I love you, Pastor. But um, it, it, it's something else to see. You know, even a grown man catch his first fish. And especially when it's a giant carp, and so it's just it, it, it's something else. I I, I don't know what else to tell you. It's 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 truly amazing. If you if you haven't done it, you really are missed now.
1: Yeah, I always encourage folks take people out again, whether they become fishing people or or hunters. They've been exposed to it. They know what it is, and as an educated person, they're much likely to to continue to promote uh, outdoor endeavors or at least not vote against them so that's what we really want to look at is try to try to introduce people to being outdoors and see if they like it the worst case scenario is they just have a fun day fishing and they just don't ever want to go again yeah so yeah we've all got right. books we've got TV shows we got which the podcast the, a number of books that people can order or, or access through amazon.com from your website man you've done all sorts of stuff at 17 you're out of high school now and so now you're going to continue on with your shows and uh, keep working towards building that up, correct?
0: That is the plan. So uh, the radio show, I'm actually going to give that to my co-host, Jackson Hartley. He'll be taking that over. He's, he's actually coming down here uh, this week, actually, uh, this upcoming week. Uh, he'll be here a week from today, and I'll be showing them how I've done it. He knows how because he, he's done some podcasting class and whatnot. But I'll be showing them how to do that. Then I'll be starting a separate Show, I hope, called The Conservative Sportsman, and uh, that should be fun. But yeah, yeah, part on it. And then the TV show, I'm not sure what the fate of the TV show is because Hunt Channel is changing up quite a bit. I haven't really heard much from them, so I'm not sure exactly. But uh, I would left uh, I'll oh, always be on, you know on like the Roku and stuff, but I don't think it's on cable anymore. I think Hunt Channel's t- gotten off of that. So be interesting to see what happens with the TV show as far as the, the cable switch and going on Roku. We're on Roku now, but making that switch and whatnot, then being on Carbon TV and some other networks. So it's it's fun stuff. I don't plan going anywhere, but I have I have some other um, adventures I would like to um, chase. For instance, you know, one of the weird things about me, I, I love the outdoors, but I happen, you know, I, I, you're, you're ready my book and you know it. I like, poli- I, I like politics. Uh, I wouldn't mind being one day involved somehow, whether that's me being a local politician to being a state politician to be heck even a federal one I would uh, I, that's an adventure I might take in one day as well but if I went to college it would probably be for political science so it's one of those things that fascinates me being like the next Ryan Zinke you know you know and so loving the outdoors and then loving this country and trying to keep the wildlife alive and well within it and so it's something that I think goes hand in hand uh, you'll find that most outdoorsmen are, are pretty conservative so I think um, it's something that really mashes together but that, that's another adventure of its own. I would love to visit. and is be that be a... to See what happens to next. Is that going to be a podcast yeah. as well? Uh, do what? The, 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 the conservative sportsman. Yes. Yes. That'll be a podcast. It's a blog. It's a blog that I don't really mess with too much. Now I'd like to start a podcast called the conservative sportsman. Hopefully sometime after the release of my book, I actually have the pl- first interview planned as well. He was just on meat eater with Stephen Manella. Uh, his name is Bracey Hill. He's like this, um, Theologian that's like an outdoorsman, and he talks about how the outdoors and God and how it matches up and stuff. So I have a chapter about that called The Doctrines of Creation, uh, an outdoorsman's doctrine subtitled the doctrines of creation in my book where i talk about how the creation of god proves god's existence and power and glory and majesty and whatnot so that would be a cool first podcast since that's kind of a theme of my book so uh that's the first planned one then from there um i have some i have some politicians are friends of mine jackson actually jackson's dad's a big lobbyist uh actually he's a huge lobbyist in the state of utah and so um He knows tons of um, guys out there in the great state of Utah, the conservative, amazing, awesome state of Utah. You ever see the wildlife out there? It's absolutely amazing. Just went there for the first time in February. Those guys out there that are, you know, politicians, they know so much about the outdoors because of Utah, such an outdoorsy state and vast wildlife and whatnot. And so it's, it's truly awesome. So there's a lot of opportunities with the podcast to see what happens. so it's, uh, it's really, it's really awesome to see where um, some of this stuff is going. So we'll see.
1: Well, very cool. Well, you know blake you've done so much at 17 i really appreciate your time coming onto the show and then listeners again head over to blake so you can order his book uh, right now it's pre-orders and then you'll be able to order it directly from the site uh, you also can go to blakeelma.com to see what he's got currently going on follow him uh, hit him up on youtube um, and Facebook and, and all those venues will be listed in the show notes, so you can easily get in touch with Blake. And again, I really appreciate your time.
0: No, no problem, man. Thanks it, for having me. I enjoy doing stuff like this.
1: Great, it was great catching up to you. And I, you know, we'll have to have you back on here in a few months once deer season starts and see how you do for and sure. see what goes on and see how all the new stuff's going on. So, uh, yeah, I have, have my,
0: I have my Boone and Crockett year on my back and be like, oh, yeah, and, you know, like, you cover of Outdoor Life. Yeah, yeah, something like that, you know? yeah. <laughs> You're Boone and Crockett anyway. Doe. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Boone and Crockett Doe. There we go. <laughs> uh, that would that, be interesting. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on the show.
1: Oh, it was my pleasure. And, uh, again, you take care, and I look forward to reading your book.
0: Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate
1: it. All right, you have a great day.
2: early spring, it's getting green. Fisher on the bed, and hear those turkeys gobble. It's raining in my head. The winter rides fast, boat. Here comes another year. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Oh, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Come summertime, we're feeling fine, fishing on the lake. Flipping jigs and Carolina rigs, from early morning till real late. Bonfires on Creek Bank, kick back a couple beers. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Yeah, we command the outdoors Yeah, we command the outdoors Next year's does until you know winter's on the way Rushing blinds and deer stands The fever starts to creep Fill our freezers full of ducks Lots of tender deer Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Yeah, we We Command the outdoors Yeah, we So grab your guns and shells, boys, put on your camouflage, cause we command the outdoors around here, we command the outdoors.